0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Thinking Out Loud. My name is Ria Safi. Please show some love by subscribing to the podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode when it's posted. Our hearts sank when we saw the bruises on her face, despite her being innocent. What was her crime? Being silent? Being nice? I was fuming when she cried in my lap. And I couldn't do anything. The teenager dressed in a school uniform said, bursting into tears. A piercing cry could be heard coming from the audience in the school hall. If only we had helped, maybe she would have been still here today. Even though her decision might have not been a clever one, she is now in a better place, and we shall meet in a better life, said her friend. Lufuno's death made national news when he discovered that the 15-year-old girl overdosed on pills just hours after being beaten by another student. This incident was captured on video and posted on social media. After being approached by two students, Lufuno was repeatedly punched in the face but did not fight back. As the slaps persisted and Lufuno told the attacker she was getting hurt, a student seen attempting to get between the bully and Lufuno. The student allegedly assaulted Lefuno because she blocked her on Whatsapp and on Facebook, according to the Sowetan. This came after Lefuno was receiving insulting messengers on social media platforms. This is only one of a number of incidents that occurred in South African schools. Bullying in schools was the cause of nine murders and 19 attempted murders recorded by the police between April 2019 and March 2020. This was disclosed in the annual crime statistics released by the police minister in July 2020. According to figures, 345 cases of attack with the intent to inflict serious bodily harm and 546 cases of common assault were opened as a result of bullying in the country's schools. How did we get to this stage as a society? What are some of the options for resolving the problem? And what is the difference between intimidation and disagreement, or bullying and disagreement? Today on Thinking Out Loud, we talk uh, with a bullying expert on a range of subjects, including cyberbullying, to get answers to these and other questions. Our guest, uh, Kaylee Jorgensen, is a registered counsellor with the Health Professional Council of South Africa and a co-founder of FaceUp South Africa. FaceUp is an online reporting system that is currently in use in South Africa schools and businesses. FaceUp is an anonymous reporting system that is currently being used in schools and companies. So hello, Kaylee, and thank you for taking the time to speak with us on this important topic that has been making headlines, namely bullying.
1: Hi, thanks so much for having me. I think it is, it's such an important topic that you know needs to kind of be discussed and just create that awareness around it.
0: How did you get involved in your current role?
1: So, you know, just with regards to FaceApp specifically. So, I noticed that there was, you know, a lot of bullying happening. Both in schools and in companies alike, um, with you know bullying is so prevalent, and being a registered accountant working with uh, children and teenagers on a like a daily basis, I realised that there was kind of a a gap in the reporting. So you know teachers and schools are trying to do their jobs, but. At the end of the day, if a learner doesn't report what they're going through or if a learner learner doesn't report that they are being bullied, What we then finding is schools are not able to help. So that's when I realized that there was this gap. So, yeah, I partnered with some developers and, um, yeah, that's how kind of Face Up was, was born. And now we are, you know, in a number of schools and companies in South Africa. We are also around the world as well, which is really amazing, you know, just trying to prevent bullying and also just put a spotlight on bullying because it is so important.
0: Now that you've mentioned that you're part of the creation of FaceUp, an app that can be used to report bullying in schools and workplace, like you mentioned, can you tell us a bit about how it works? What are some of its features and what has the success rate been like so far?
1: Definitely. So what we do from FaceUp side is we implement and launch the software and the platform within schools and companies. So the... um, You know, the ongoing process is very similar across the board, but we also then train teachers. So a certain number of teachers, for example, if we're talking specifically within the school environment, are then um, chosen from the school to be the ones receiving the report. So everything remains completely confidential and private within the school environment. And what we then do is make sure that those teachers that are going to be receiving the reports, whether it's the discipline teacher or the LO teacher or the school counselor psychologist, we make sure that they are trained and they know and they're equipped on how to handle reports that come through. So if a learner reports that they're being bullied at school, if a learner reports that they've got suicidal ideation, if they are being abused at home. What are the different processes and protocols in place? And how should somebody respond to a report like that? So, you know, just to name a few, we've got... Um, One of the most kind of important features that I believe in that FaceUp offers is ongoing communication. Mm -hmm. So, what that basically means is if a learner sends a report through to FaceUp, the teacher that receives that report on the administration system can actually then talk directly. So, it's almost like a live chat with the teacher. Um, So, it's almost like If you would think of WhatsApp, it's that same thing. And then there's automated messages as well. So, you know, that's also just to protect the school from a liability perspective, because if, you know, a child sends a report in at midnight, we can't really expect teachers to be online at that time. So what we then do is we then... You know, obviously, we send a message to the learner saying thank you. You know, your report has been received, and then there's details of what they should do in an emergency. If it is an emergency, who can they contact? You know, whether it's the ambulance, the police, or um, a childline, for example, or SADC. But we really want to. The whole aim behind FaceUp is to empower schools and companies to be able to find out firstly what's happening. Secondly, be able to assist whoever it is that needs help and then actually collect data. So, again, everything's completely confidential um, within the organization. But what you can then do is log on and say, okay, well, you know, in the last month, we've received 20 reports, five of them are for bullying, 10 for suicide. And then you also know, okay, these are the different prevention um, strategies that we should probably look at employing in that school or in that company because now we're able to get a bird's eye view as to what's actually happening. So the other, um, you know, one of our other features is also being able to, we're constantly updating the platform with resources and information so that anybody that is on the administration side, so any company, any school, they constantly then have access to materials and information, whether it's, you know, what to do with a sexual harassment report or what to do if a learner says that they are suicidal. You know, how do you track the risk? And at what risk level do you call um, an ambulance to take the child to the hospital? So it's all of that information that, you know, from our side, I very much believe that teachers um, are the first aid when it comes to learners' mental health. So if we're not equipping teachers with that information to be able to help when a child walks into their classroom, then we're letting the school down, we're letting the community down because we need to prepare and you know just provide that support and knowledge to the people that are actually the ones that are the first aid. So that's
0: yeah. just briefly in a nutshell what FaceUp is. No, certainly Uh, fascinating stuff indeed. I I tried uh, downloading the app um, uh, this afternoon uh, before our interview uh, just to have a squeeze through it. But I guess you have to be registered with uh, FaceUp to get into uh, the platform itself. So how do people actually register for this?
1: Yes, yeah, so that's, um, you know, just because we are puppy compliant and we are ISO certified and also registered with the GDPR, we have to, from a privacy and confidentiality point of view. And we also don't want to be receiving reports for schools or institutions that aren't registered and actually don't know about FaceUp. So, what happens is through um, our website or kind of on our social media pages, if an organization is interested in getting involved um, and is interested in kind of deploying the platform within their organization. What we then do is we do, we've got a whole onboarding system. We do that. And then each different organization creates their own access code. So that access code is then what is also the security um, so that people from outside don't then send reports into that organization, so you've only then got kids from one school reporting within that school because they all know that access code. So everything is very specific so that we are ensuring that the reports are being directed to the correct place, the correct um, you know, people as well. It's not going to be helpful if somebody from... school in Cape Town is reporting and the report lands up in a school in Johannesburg, for example. So we've got really good security measures in place just to make sure that the reports and everything is going through to the correct people. And there's that confidentiality, that privacy, everything is, you know, upheld at all times.
0: Well, I guess the main purpose of the interview today is to discuss bullying. What is the definition of bullying or let's say the most common definition used and understood by people?
1: So from both a psychology point of view and from an education point of view, um, bullying is defined in terms of that repeated behavior, but it has to be with the intention to hurt somebody either physically or emotionally. So there's a lot of different types of bullying. So there's verbal bullying, physical bullying, social bullying, cyber bullying, but the main Part of bullying and what differentiates bullying from being mean or joking around is the fact that it's repeated on an ongoing basis. It's happening more than once. And the intention behind that person is actually to hurt the victim whether it's emotional or physical. So, you know, from a verbal bullying perspective, we're looking at name calling, making rude insults, physical bullying, we're looking at punching, kicking, hitting, social bullying, that's more along the lines of Ignoring someone on purpose. So, we need to remember that bullying is done on purpose. Um, You know, spreading rumors is also social bullying, telling lies about somebody. And then, obviously, we've got cyberbullying, which takes place over digital devices. So, whether it's on WhatsApp groups or Instagram or TikTok or Fortnite or Roblox, you know, it's online, it's through digital devices.
0: Now, in terms of parents being involved, so if I'm a parent and if I suspect that my child is being bullied at school, how would I, as a common man out there, differentiate between bullying and a dispute that my child might have had with another pupil at school?
1: So uh, that's a very, very important question. And what is really important to ask yourself, you know, as a parent is, is this causing your child emotional or physical harm? If it is, then 100% action needs to be taken because whether the child is doing it to joke around or be mean, the fact that the victim is experiencing emotional or physical harm or just uncomfortable feelings, like that is something we need to then say, okay, hold on, wait, this is not okay. My child or whoever's child should not be feeling this way. They should not be, you know, experiencing these sorts of feelings. And as a parent, you know, the different signs of your child being bullied, for example, would be, you know, a change in their behavior. Maybe they're becoming more sad or withdrawn or angry. They might be lashing out. They might want to avoid school or not participate in social activities. So we're always looking for the possible signs, and we do have to remember that every child is different and experiences things in their own way. But by engaging and having a connection with your child as a parent, you know, we're able to then navigate and just have almost a finger on what's happening because it's very possible that also a child could be the bully or your child could be the bully. So we need to watch out for what is happening, and also then knowing what to do in those certain situations. So I very much believe that if your child is struggling and you can see that they're struggling and they directly say to you, you know, I'm not okay. Or maybe, you know, we also know that kids don't report because they're scared of being judged. They're scared of being labeled as a snitch. They're scared of, you know, further victimization. So we do need to be aware of, first of all, what is normal behavior for a specific child and then being able to say okay when that child starts to act differently or behave differently there's a sign okay something's happening what is that is it bullying is it something at home is it something else you know we need to always have like i like to call it having our finger on the pulse we need to be aware of what's happening
0: I'm almost certain you have a lot of stories about students being bullied. Is there any story in particular that stands out for you that you'd like to share with us and the lessons that should be learned to prevent such situations?
1: Oh, if I could just say one, you know, it would be amazing. But like you say, I've got so many stories. And I think if I think about one of the stories that shows the most kind of ongoing impact so it would be a grade three learner who was bullied um, due to their body image Mm -hmm. so this was a couple of years back but it was constant mocking at school um you know belittling name calling so it was more that verbal bullying as they got older i think it was grade four grade five and all the kids started getting their devices that bullying now went onto cyberbullying. So it's almost like if we could imagine what's happened, it's, you know, a note filled with these rude insults being sent around the classroom on one day the teacher sees it, tears it up and throws it in the dustbin. Now, so that did happen to the learner, but now what's happening is these messages are now sent on WhatsApp from learner to learner. And then one learner decided to post it onto Instagram And people could see it and share it instantly. And it reached like a huge number uh, from an audience perspective. And that for me is such a good example of a case of bullying where it really does just describe what's currently happening in our world today, because physical bullying, verbal bullying is now also being, you know, you're going one level further and you're now taking that bullying and you're putting it online as well. So where the teacher did when the learner was in grade three, rip up the piece of paper and throw it away. Now we can't do that because it's online. So that learner struggled with body image um, difficulties. And luckily she did seek help and she did report it. And the school was able to implement a, workshop and a talk where we could talk to the kids about what is the difference between being a bystander and an upstander and also just understanding how much words can actually hurt somebody. So that's just, you know, one of quite a short um, story, Mm -hmm. but it is really nice in terms of, I love how it actually shows where we are today as just a society from you know, one form of bullying, and it's very quickly transferred into another.
0: Having said that, Lufuno's death has highlighted the fact that many pupils can become despondent and consider taking their lives, like you spoke about earlier. What exactly goes through their minds, and how do we as society address this?
1: So... You know, it's very important to remember that obviously every person is different and they're obviously bullying for a different reason. But what we can definitely, you know, identify from the outside looking in is that we need to understand why a bully is being the bully. You know, maybe they are feeling hurt or they've got a low sense of self confidence. They might be feeling insecure or neglected, or maybe they are being bullied in another situation. They might, for example, on cyberbullying, you know, the need to gain likes, shares, downloads, you know, to be on TikTok on the For You page. It's so important and it actually influences children and teenagers to make choices that they might otherwise not make. So they might also be looking for attention or they're struggling academically, trying to reinforce what they're seeing online or looking for revenge. So there's so many different things that could cause somebody to bully. But I do think we need to look back and take a step back and actually say, okay, what's happening in the bully's life? You know, what behavior are they modeling or what behavior have they seen somewhere else? What is making it okay for this learner to do that or think that it's okay to bully somebody else? Because, you know, whether it's physical bullying or verbal bullying or cyber bullying, none of it is okay there's um, a study was done actually in south africa it was 2 years ago and the result was that 84% of learners say that they know somebody being bullied online but that and most of the learners said that bullying online was worse than bullying face to face and i agree there is parts of cyberbullying that is worse than face to face bullying but again everybody's so different and everybody experiences things in different ways. So with regards to mental health, your mental health and my mental health are completely different because we've had different experiences. So if we then go through the exact same experience with something else, we're still going to react differently based on our previous you know, experiences. So we do need to just try and identify what is happening. And then as a parent, as a teacher, you I know, very much believe we can't look at this as a one side approach of just helping teenagers and just helping children because it's not in order to stop and prevent bullying in schools. We need to also firstly equip teachers, but also parents in terms of the knowledge and the resources on how to assist your child. If this happens. Um, And in doing that, we need to put a spotlight on bullying awareness programs on reporting systems like face up, like there's so many other ones as well, but, we need to put in place a platform almost or something where learners can feel safe to reach out because whether that's through a toll-free helpline or to a teacher they trust or a parent, it's actually getting the help they need so that they don't feel alone because that's, I think, the worst part about things that happen online and in the school environment is sometimes we feel like we can't reach out. Sometimes we feel like we can't ask for help, mm-hmm. and we need to know that there is help out there. And if we can just encourage people to get that help, maybe that's one way we can almost curb bullying.
0: So, keeping your finger on the pulse and knowing exactly what's going on in your child's life at school um, and outside to, in order to pick those up, um, uh, to pick up if they're being bullied. Interesting, interesting indeed now moving along to other types of uh, bullying and you spoke a little bit about cyberbullying as well um, there's work uh, bu- there's people are being bullied in the workplace as well let's touch a little bit on on those two maybe in a little bit of detail what exactly is cyberbullying or being bullied in the workplace examples of that and and obviously things that people can do
1: definitely so. You know, it was a couple of days ago, actually, that I was looking to try and find more updated statistics on workplace bullying. And one of the most difficult things is the fact that there's not updated studies on workplace bullying. So there was a stat that I came across and it was a 2000, you know, the study was done in 2000 and it was something like 50 or um, I'll get I'll send you the exact number of that statistic after after our chats but you know it was this huge number of people that have experienced bullying and this was a 2000 statistic so it's almost asking the question well if That number of people were experiencing bullying in the workplace then. What are we doing now 21 years later with social media where it is today? So another statistic that was in 2012 is 27% of employees um, had had reported being bullied online um, over kind of a previous six months. So it's very, very prevalent. And the thing about workplace bullying and examples would almost be You know, if we're looking at just the way that meetings are going at the moment and those online meetings, everybody's overworked already. But now you've got somebody, whether it's your boss or colleague, your manager, messaging you constantly saying, you know, you haven't done this. Why haven't you done this? You need to do this. And it's that constant and repetitive belittling, in a sense, that could come across as being bullied. And the other aspect of workplace bullying that we need to remember is it's feeling powerless in a situation and by somebody else taking, you know, with the intent to cause harm based on their position. So I think a lot of workplace bullying, and again, this is just personal experience and There's no 100% fact behind this. But I think, with when people are burnt out, when people are experiencing, you know, they're tired, they're exhausted, and then somebody else does something or says something, you know, it might not necessarily be bullying, but for that person, it comes across as bullying because they've got no more energy to deal with what's happening. So I think if we can just focus on actually supporting employees, and having programs in place where the mental health and well-being of all adults is, you know, a focus so that we can reduce burnout, reduce reduce depression and anxiety. Um, You know, there's one in four South African adults who struggle with mental health. So that's a lot of people. And now you've got a company culture, you've got work-related problems, which all leads to... Challenges all leads to that feeling of being overwhelmed or out of control. And you then get what we call presenteeism and absenteeism. So presenteeism is you're at work, you're present, you're there. You're doing the work, but you're not doing it at 100% because you physically cannot concentrate properly or you're tired. You can't stay focused. Your productivity levels are so low absenteeism is quite, you know, what it says and what it means by you're not there based on how you're feeling. So presenteeism and absenteeism is what we see and it costs the South African economy huge amounts. But if we just look at where that's coming from, from workplace stress, burnout, health problems, COVID, add that on top of it, add you're doing 10 meetings online you don't have 5 minutes to grab a cup of tea or coffee or water and you're already exhausted now somebody comes and says something and you feel like you're being picked on or belittled we all you know have thoughts and feelings and whatever happens in that situation obviously is i think with Where we are currently with COVID, you know, it's just making everything worse. So we do really need to sit and think, you know, how can we be supportive? How can we make an efficient working environment? How can we offer employees support and the protection that they not only need, but that they deserve?
0: Very, very interesting and something to perhaps sketch up on in the future. Your closing thoughts with regards to bullying, uh, perhaps a recap of some of the solutions you spoke about earlier, as well as resources that are available to assist if you're a victim of bullying, be be it an adult or a student.
1: So I think with the rise of social media use among South Africa, we do need to remember that the idea that school or work and home, the fact that we used to think of them as two different places it no longer exists. So the emphasis now needs to be on creating a culture of responsibility, both online and offline. So we need to, whether it's adults or children, we need to teach, you know, the understanding and the idea of being an upstander rather than a bystander. and Face up, we like to call it being an everyday hero because That's where you come in and you say, no, stop, this is not okay. You're almost redirecting the attention away from the bully because the fact that bullying is so prevalent, it we definitely need to ask the question, you know, are we as a community doing enough? And we need to provide, you know, teachers, HR departments, we need to provide that support, those resources so that they are in the right space to be able to help children and adults. So we need to try and teach people to become an upstander, somebody that takes action by telling the bully to stop, helping the victim, you know, shifting the focus and redirecting the bully away from the victim, as well as different ways to reach out for help. So there's SADC, the South African Depression Anxiety Group. You know, they've got twenty four hour toll free helplines. Um, one of the numbers is oh eight hundred. 12, 13, 14. There's a lot of different helplines that they run and they are 24-7. There's online counseling as well that SADC offers. So, you know, if somebody does need help, just going to www.sadag.org. There's also Childline. There's, you know, there's so many different places, whether they're looking for resources or whether you're looking for um, ongoing counseling. Even having a look at our Facebook page and Instagram page that we have, um, face up South Africa. You know, we're constantly trying to share and create resources to educate people, but also be able to say, hey, if you're be, being bullied, this is where you need to go. So the first, you know, point of call is always reaching out and asking for help. And whether that's somebody you trust, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a friend, whether it's the HR department, or whether it's a complete stranger on the static helpline, it's something and it's somewhere. And that's what we really need to focus on is just encouraging people to reach out for help. Um, And also just, you know, I think if we can just take the idea of cyberbullying, just in short, and knowing that, Everybody is using social media, but we need to use social media more positively, more healthier and less aimlessly, because I think we've all kind of got into this trap of just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So whether it's starting with adults or starting with children, but we need to encourage the use of social media with purpose. And you know, with anything in life, there's pros and cons, for example, donuts. I love this, um, analogy and you can probably tell I'm hungry, but (laughs) donuts. (laughs) So everybody loves donuts or most people do, but I know, for example, that I can only have two or three donuts depending on the type and then I'm going to feel sick. Donuts are amazing, but if I have too many, I'm going to have the effect of feeling sick or really not, you know, happy. Um, So with anything in life, there's the pros and the cons, there's the good and the bad. And with the online world, there's that as well. And we need to know what are the benefits? How can we maximize those benefits? And then we also need to know what are the dangers? What does too much screen time lead to? What does being addicted to Fortnite lead to? So we need to understand that. And we need to then be able to say, okay, well, how can we balance this? I know I'm not going to have five donuts because I know what's going to happen. So I know that, okay, maybe I should only have two hours on my phone. If I look at my screen time um, kind of data that's captured, I'm horrified at the number of times I pick up my phone. And I think we need to ask ourselves. The question is, do we look after ourselves or do we check in on ourselves as much as we check in on our phones? Hmm. Because I think that's so important. Um, you know, self care. Thank
0: you so much for your time, Katie Georgensen.
1: It is such a pleasure, and thanks so much for having me. And continue the great. It was a work. pleasure, and
0: I think it was an important topic for us to discuss uh, right here on Thinking Out Loud. How can people connect with uh, face up on uh, social media platforms?
1: So if they just search FaceUp South Africa, um, all of our profile handles are the same. So it's just FaceUp South Africa. And if they want to have a look at our website, it's literally just www.faceup.com.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much once again, and we wish you all the best.
1: Thanks so much. Bye.
0: Over the next couple of weeks, we feature a variety of guests who will help us find answers to questions we often think about. But really ask on Thinking Out Loud. This is Riyadh Safi saying thank you so much for listening. Till the next episode. Bye for now.